Okay, and you're very welcome to a special edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at BetBright. And I say special because we are joined on the line by a very special guest. Of course, it is Nick Luck. Nick, how are you, sir? Hi there. Yeah, good to, good to talk to you all and, and very much looking forward to, to rattling through, through Champions Day, which looks a, a fantastic car. Yeah, it really does. And uh, it's falling, obviously, at the end of the season after a very hectic and frantic flat season. We'll have a chat about that. In the studio with me, Dermot Nolan, as normal. Dermot? Hi, Dean. How are you? Very good, and I'm delighted to welcome back as well, regular from last year, it's uh, the big city banker Noel Hayes is with us. Noel. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning everybody. Yeah, depending on when you're listening, could be any one of those things. It's great to have everybody uh, on the line. So what we're going to do is talk about Champions Day at Ascot. It does kick off at 1.25 on Saturday afternoon. And uh, it starts with the, well, the big hitters, the big stayers. It's the Quick Co British Champions Long Distance Cup Group 2. Uh, top of the shops is Order of St George, of course, after a very big run in the Prix de l'Art de Triomphe. And uh, Nick, I might go to you first and give me your thoughts on the, on the stayers race. Oh, it's a terrific race. You've got the two best stayers in Europe, Order of St. George and Big Orange, arguably taking one another on. And it's a rematch from the Gold Cup, so that will give added interest. It should be pointed out that this race is run over half a mile shy of the Gold Cup distance. And uh, also, the two horses have had contrasting fortunes subsequent to that. Big Orange, first of all, uh, being at Goodwood, but perfectly respectable run. Order of St. George, brilliant in Ireland before finishing a very respectable fourth in the arc. So Big Orange has had the lighter of the two campaigns. Order of St. George probably had the more productive of the two campaigns subsequent to their, their Royal Ascot exploits. Big doubt about the ground for Big Orange. We know he's better on fast ground. Order of St. George will cope with it fine, but they've both got to give £8 to the three-year-old Stradivarius here. And I think at this stage of the season, that might be quite a tall order. And at the likely odds, I quite like Stradivarius. That legend was a, a really, really good performance. He, of course, beat Big Orange in the Goodwood Cup before that. We know he handles lots of cut in the ground, uh, and we know he's got um, effectiveness at Ascot on his side as well, and the ground was probably a bit too quick for him in that Queen's Vase. So lots to like about him, I think. And with that three-year-old's allowance, he'd be, he'd be getting my vote. Yeah, progressive. Uh, obviously, from a yard that's had such a great season, John Gosden, Stradivarius with Frankie Dettori on board. Uh, gents, might go to you, Noel. Which way are you leaning for this race? Um, Order of St George um, very very talented horse but he always strikes me as a monkey he never um, never fills me with confidence as one to have a bet on uh, but you know what well, even do you want to back him at five to four? That's the thing, you know. He's, he's got the best chance in the race, but he's never sort of horse I want to take skinny odds about. I agree with Noel. Yeah. I was just about to say I'd be tempted to take the five to four. <laughs> 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 um, I, I think there's a, in, in truth, there's a lack of opposition. Um, Big Orange, for all of his merits, the ground is going to be a concern, and I think that's sufficient um, to strike a line through him. So I'm looking at it as a bit of a, a bit of an order of St George. Can he concede eight pounds to Stradivarius? And I think the answer to that is yes. I prefer Order of St. George over two miles rather than two mile four. And I think on balance, as I said, was I've never personally looked to take short odds about him before. Um, I think, you know, if I was so inclined um, to, to have a bet, I, I would back Order of St. George at five to four. And it's not often I'd be looking to, to get stuck into one at that price. Demo, five to four, rock your boat about Order of St. George? It wouldn't rock my boat, no. Um, I'd agree with Nick um, about just, just giving away eight pounds especially after how long a season it has been um you know the arc um was obviously he finished fourth it's still a tough tough race to come out of um it's not a race dean if we're rushing into back i'd be very happy to sit back and watch this race uh but the five to four with order of st george i just could not bring myself to back that no 
Yeah, well, it's, if, it's whether you go with him as a monkey or not. Comes, yeah, if, if the rain comes in, in, in the sort of force that it, it possibly could, and they are going to carry on using the outside track, so if, if it does get soft, I wouldn't entirely rule out Giretto from running a big race. I, I'm not quite sure how good this horse is, but he absolutely hosed up on the bridle in front of a pretty good horse on heavy ground at Chester last time. He's evidently improved significantly. He was only just touched off in a mile and a half group three there back in the year. So I know Chester form sometimes doesn't translate, but he's obviously very talented. The yard had a ridiculously good season. And I, on, a, on a day where we've seen funny results in the past, we've had a, a fair smattering of 16 and 21 winners. I wouldn't entirely rule out a big run from him. Yeah, I was going to throw in nearly caught for a big run. It's run in all these types of races before and isn't getting any, any younger at seven years old. And Huey Morrison will jock up Adam Kirby for nearly caught. I think that might nick a bit of place money. They, they have had long seasons, the the big principles in here. So, yeah, it could be a shock on the first race of the day. And, of course, that rain, if it comes all in favour of Order of St. George. Second race on the card on Champions Day is the Quickco British Champion Sprint Stakes. Goes to post at two o'clock. And, uh, well, we've had some remarkable action in the Sprint division this year headed um, by Caravaggio and Harry Angel and of course Batash who won't be in here but um, Harry Angel will take on the likes of Quiet Reflection uh, Brando in here the Tin Man's back for more it's um, it's a fascinating contest the two o'clock at Ascot Noel I might go to you first for the sprint stakes yeah so I'm negative Harry Angel here okay um, unusually the three times he's been beaten have been at Ascot yeah, um, and when he's when he's won, he's always looked so impressive. I'm not knocking the horse. I'm not. I'm not criticising him. I think he's an exceptional talent. But I think it, you know, f- just from a punting perspective, my, my, I would be inclined to Dutch quite reflection in Caravaggio, nine to two and thirteen to two. You probably get a shade bigger in the morning. I thought um, I was quite. I know it was an egg and spoon race. Caravaggio won the last day, but I was quite impressed with him in the style that he he, he picked up um, in ground probably wasn't ideal for him to, 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 to be brutally honest and um, same goes for quite reflection obviously we know how talented a three-year-old she was um, she's had a bit of an interrupted season I think it was a slight understatement but again she was she you know she, she, she did some great work in the finish in ace the last day and I think on balance I'd take the two of them to, to beat Harry Angel I'm big on quiet reflection here. I think the ground as well is going to come for it uh, for Carl Burke's charge. And that quiet season, albeit interrupted prep, uh, might just tear it up for a very, very big run here, as much as I love Harry Angel. What have you made of the sprinters this year, Nick? Harry Angel's been, well, exceptional, hasn't he? Oh, we've had two or three outstanding sprinters. You know, in any other year, a, a filly like Marshall would be getting far more plaudits than she has done. But yeah. she's had the misfortune to run into Batash in her division. And similarly, some of the six furlong horses have had the misfortune to run into Harry Angel. And in those five and six furlong divisions, they've been really dominant. I, I hear what Noel says, though. And you know, Caravaggio does have a verdict over Harry Angel. One of them's nine to two, and the other one's odds on. Mm. And at the likely odds, I'd, I'd prefer to be back in Caravaggio here. Um, I know that he probably wants quick ground as well. But the ground on the straight course is going to be, you'd like to think, far better than the, the ground on the round course and often even if it does get soft on the straight track at Ascot it just doesn't ride like any other track with soft ground and it just does, does tend to suit specialists and the fact that his two marquee performances by a mile have come at this track would slightly tip me in his favour and I was I was quite impressed that he managed to win over five last time because I thought he looked all over a horse who wanted to strongly run six Yeah. so I, I, can, I can see him running a big race and I think the disparity in price is too big for all that Harry Angel was devastatingly impressive last time in his, in his two most recent group one wins Harry Angel has had a very soft time of things 
on or near the lead off steady early fractions off which he's just been able to explode and put the race to bed very quickly I think this race might be run slightly differently and I suspect that with a more honest pace and Aidan O'Brien will ensure that the pace is honest here they, they could they could compromise Harry Angel's chance significantly if they if they set a really really brisk gallop I think Caravaggio will get home on the track better they do have three obviously three I won't say back numbers or pacemakers but you know Pally Doyle have declared four horses here and we we saw it I think at Royal Ascot when they um, they probably interrupted Harry Angel up front uh, with um, his name escapes I mean Intelligence Cross I think yeah, Intelligence Cross yeah. yeah yeah so I think you will see a repeat of those tactics again um, but all in all I think myself and Nick seem to be in a bit of violent agreement here um, shed, stead, uh, unsteady ground to be punting an even money shot Perhaps so. Damn, I mean, Harry Angel, when he's had his things his own way, he's gone and looked very, very impressive. And when he hasn't, he's, he's obviously struggled to get it done when perhaps team tactics coming into play. Are you a Harry Angel fan in this contest or something else? Um, I think I wouldn't be too worried about team tactics. I think Kirby learned a big lesson that day. I think the way Kirby's rolling since has been very much on his own terms. Um, I think it has got the first day out. I thought um, he fell asunder more so through the actual team tactics than he should have. Uh, I thought thereafter he's, he's rode the horse with plenty full of confidence he's a very very good horse he's proven now on, on the ground as well but again just at the prices Dean you'd be very very worried um, I mean Carvaggio has beaten him at the track already but the one I'd have to agree with yourself Dean I think quite a reflection is a whopping price considering she's done it all she's had a quite enough campaign and a 13 to 2 considering she will handle the ground we know she handles the track she was very good last time um, albeit in not a very good race but still she got the job done she showed there is still life in her just yet and um, at 13 to 2 Dean or 7 to 1 which is about I think she's every chance as well yeah, that to me that looks like the the value pick of the prices at the moment, um, considering options against Harry Angel as we all seem to be doing for the sprint stakes at two forty. We get to the champion fillies and mares stakes, uh, another Group One on the card. And look, John Gosden's had such a fantastic season, and he's likes of Coronet in here could be interesting. Also, uh, Journey seems to be heading the market. Has he just got this race by by the grip, Nick? Uh who John got John Gosden? No, yeah. I don't think he has got it. I don't think he has got a grip on the race. I think Batil's going to win the race, okay. um, and I, I'd make a, I'd make her one of the better better bets. I think, and she was very impressive when she won the Vermeer in a good time as well. The split times were good. Uh, she's an improved mare since she joined Francis Graffard. I mean, she was a good mare when she was trained by David Simcock. But the yeah. numbers tell you she's improved significantly. Group three, group two, group one. Uh, she loves soft ground. She's been trained for this. The connection sensibly avoided the arc where she would have been probably third at best but this is I think this is absolutely the right spot for her she thrashed Journey last time and I for my money I, for all John Gosden is great at preparing horses for this race I don't understand quite why Journey's going to turn the form around okay that's a big fancy then for Nick Demo what do you like about this race yeah I completely agree um, yep. I was going to make Batil my nap of the whole day um, just the fact you know she hammered her a shanty um, then at Doville she had a horse called Traffic Jam that actually has come out since and won a shanty as well uh, she was very good at Haydock before that um, she'll handle the ground I just think she's a very very good filly and uh, I don't see any reason just like Nick said there as to why Journey would turn that form around with her No, completing the charge perhaps This this race lost its sheen for me when Dermot Weld uh, failed to declare Zira yeah. so I have to concur uh, with uh, Nick and Dermot here and rinse and repeat Batil looks a shade of value uh, at, at 3 to 1 plus 
three one plus that's the podcast charge first one actually for champions day on the saturday batil very very much fancied then by the team here we will skip over seeing as we found the nap of the the day perhaps already and move on to the 315 which is the queen elizabeth ii stakes um this race where do we want to start here Dem, i'll let you go first and maybe ribchester 15 to 8 is the place to start that's the market leader <coughs> ribchester obviously has done our has done it all looks very very good um, you, would you be worried about Churchill even running um, I know he's declared but just on the ground etc um, I'm not sure Churchill has trained on all, all that much either um, I wouldn't be too keen to take him the one Dean I landed on here just very quickly I think it's a very very hard race I think Ribchester they have it all through to beat him but I thought Abu Kerr was actually very good last time um, he beat a horse called um, Inza Court uh, and Jake Fabhort which I actually really really like as well and I just thought um, at Doval, obviously, and I just thought Albu Care at thirteen to two was another horse that is potentially overpriced. He's coming over for a valid reason, and whilst um, Ribchester and Churchill are very good horses, I think they're more than beatable, Dean. And I think um, Albu Care could be the one to do it. So demo there suggesting perhaps a second French winner on the card if Albu Care can get it done in there. Noel, what do you like about this race? We've got Beat the Bank, who's been massively progressive this season for Andrew Balding, taking on the likes of, well, one that continues to be um, consistently very, very good in the likes of Ribchester. Where do you go with this race? I'm getting the Gatling gun out for Sir John Lavery in this race. Here we go. Um, I know he's beaten five lengths by Beat the Bank last time. But I thought he absolutely hated the track in Newmarket. He was all at sea coming down into the dip. I think we're going to see a pretty genuinely run race tomorrow. And soft ground seems to have brought out um, the best in Sir John Lavery in the past. And I think we're going to see 33 to 1 plus in the morning with Sir John Lavery. And uh, I'll be having a real good go at that. So I will. Well, Noel's found a very interesting bet there, Nick. What do you make of the contest? Uh, odd in truth because it brings together so many contrasting strands of form the question about whether Churchill will run I suspect he will because where else are they going to run him they could take him to America I suppose he's going to retire at the end of the season so I don't think you're going to do too much damage to his his reputation by, by running him if he gets beaten Yeah, and I I suggest that really he's not a busted flush I think that run in the Judmont International was, was outstanding you're talking about horses of the calibre of Ulysses and, and Barney Roy. I'd argue that there's there's not horses of that calibre in this race. Um, plus, they got they got rolling too early. Now, you could you could argue that if if it's more of a stamina test at a mile uh, than otherwise it might be, he's better in this spot than he is in the in the Champion Stakes. And the run in Ireland last time, he probably should have finished third. Things conspired very badly for him that day. He was stuck on a dead rail. He ended up getting passed by two stable companions for fourth and fifth when his chance had completely gone. So, although it looks as though he's run badly, I don't think he's run quite as badly as the, as the form figure suggests. And, and if he does turn up, I, I don't think he's, as I say, I don't think he's a busted flush. I'd just be careful to, to rule him out. But it, it, as you say, at this stage, if there's a huge deluge, that does compromise his chance somewhat. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really hard race to get a grip on for me. If, it, if it's heavy, then all these all these, dare I say, old lags like Bretton Rock and Here Comes When and others start coming into the equation to, to pick up bits of place money. How good is Beat the Bank? Well, he looked very impressive last time, but for me, he, he, he faces much his stiffest test against this opposition. Yeah. We, I think we, we can be clear that Ribchester doesn't want the ground bottomless. That would be a bit of a worry. Uh, 
the one who the one who appeals to me a bit of a bit of a price if you're going to go for a wild one is Thunder Snow. He's not everybody's cup of tea. We saw what he did before the Kentucky Derby, but other than that, his record is pretty unimpeachable. He was only just behind Al Wicare last time, despite hitting the front a bit soon. We know he handles virtually any type of ground. We know he's fully effective at Haskett. He was a really good third in the St James's Palace. Um, Christoph Sumiel seems to get a good tune out of him, and he's been trained for this race. So, I think sort of fourteen, sixteen to one—that's a big price. He is a big price, and as you said, it, this you could make a case for many, many horses in here if you are looking for something a little bit wild. I thought an interesting runner was Clive Cox's Zonderland, considering what uh, Clive thinks of that animal. He's a four-year-old, and he does have a good bit to find on the ratings, but I think he'll be a decent price and has had his prep run now. They're obviously beset with a few problems with Zonderland, but I put Zonderland in to run a decent race. So we've got very contrasting uh, opinions, really, on that uh, Queen Elizabeth II stake, so Just we'll one, see one how that goes. Go, Noel, yeah. Uh, on that, uh, I think Nick can highlight there was. I'm not sure that Churchill got the best ride in the world in the Irish Champion Stakes. Um, it felt very much to me like Rainbow was man marking eminent, and both of them f- kind of fell foul to each other and got got, got swooped on by by um, two other horses late. Uh, along with the fact that he was he was up the rail, but I think he there was potentially he used up a lot of gas in the mid part of the race where it wasn't required. Um, so I do think he's certainly better. You know, better. Well, we know he's better than that, and I think you know there is an element that he could be overpriced uh, for this race based on his most recent form, uh, which ignores a good run in in York and ignores his good early season form. Yeah, of course, it does. Yeah, and like I said, it will be his swan song. So perhaps had nothing to lose now. Exactly. Okay. Let's um, move on then to the champion stakes. I'm really looking forward to seeing Cracksman here, of course. We didn't get to see Cracksman take them on in the arc against the Nabal, kept apart, and uh, John Gosden obviously has Frankie Dottoria bought Cracksman for my money been the best three-year-old colt of the season without getting perhaps the breaks in the very very big races Nick what did you make of Cracksman's season so far and will this be a, a crowning moment uh, well before his great vulture when I must confess I wasn't the biggest fan of the horse yeah um, and even in the great vulture when he was so impressive he showed a tendency to slip on and off the bridle in the middle of the race which 10 furlongs round Ascot with a short straight does worry me. I think that, that Frankie's going to have to be well, going to have to be very bold on him and just say, right, I've got the stamina, I'm on the best horse and try and grind them all into submission. But it's a hard, it's a hard track, the 10 furlong track at Ascot, to execute those tactics, I think. Particularly against horses who perhaps have got a bit more in the way of basic speed. His task clearly has been made significantly easier by the fact that Ulysses is a non-runner. Yeah. And significantly easier by the fact that um, there's going to be a bit of rainfall which is going to bring his stamina into play. However, doesn't this race all revolve around uh, the surprise inclusion in the declara- final declarations of Highland Real and indeed whether he, whether he takes his chance, whether the weather allows him to take his chance. If, if there isn't too much rain and he runs, whether or not he wins, his presence completely changes the shape of the race and and completely takes away the possibility that Frankie Dottori can have a straightforward time of things on the lead on Cracksman and makes the others uh, dance to his tune. And I think that changes the dynamic of the race completely if Highland Real runs. Do you think if he does run, it will be harder for Cracksman then, Nick, or easier because he will have someone to chase? Absolutely, much harder for Cracksman. Okay. I think that the Highland Reels as tough as old boots. We know he stays every yard of the trip and further. He's a Prince of Wales uh, winner, don't forget, at 10 furlongs at Ascot. He's not completely one-dimensional. 
you know, the only thing that you know Highland really I'd fancy to win this doing handsprings if the ground was quick but it's it's not going to be and that is going to compromise his chance again you know the ground makes it very difficult for me to put my neck on the line and say I really want to back the horse in the race but I don't really want to back Cracksman at the, the likely odds I don't think Okay Noel I mean Aidan O'Brien has many in the race including this potential wild card of, of Highland Real what do you make of the contest and, and Cracksman at the top of that market um, to be honest with you I'm bleep 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 sick of the shite about Cracksman this last week and has have have um, all I've seen in, in newspaper and media headlines is Oppenheimer says shut up and let the horse do the talking like that's the way I feel about it like has the man hired seven PR agencies to get his name out there in the press um, whilst he's a, a nice horse an admirable horse uh, if you wanted to run the horse in the ark run the bloody horse in the ark don't be telling us all afterwards how he would have been competitive in the bloody thing that's fair so I think he's very vulnerable for all the reasons that Nick said and Nick has talked about Highland Real going to be a flying diamond up front but success days of Ken Condon is also in the race who's going to be another flying diamond up front okay um I feel like I'm a bit of a, 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 a given the horses I'm picking so far today I, an Aidan O'Brien apologist but I, I really like Cliffs of Moher in this I think he's a horse we've nowhere seen the best of uh, yet um, probably does want a shade better ground than he may get tomorrow but he's going to have a, 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 a chance to chase some good pace and if you go back through his, some of his form okay, he was you know, to my mind he's a, a, a derby winner if they had cheek pieces on him uh, but um, he's he's met trouble and running in both Leperstone and York his last two runs yeah. and uh, before that in Sandown I mean he finished alongside the likes of Eminent and, and Decorated Knight um, he's probably going to be an 8 or, eight or 9 to 1 shot um, yeah. for me in a, in a race where I think the the favourite is uh, eminently beatable Um I just would side with, with Cliff Samoher um, as being a horse that's better than what we've seen and whether he shows that tomorrow or next year is a question that will be answered into the future but for me he's just the one I would side with Cliff Samoher then for Noel Demo what do you make of this race and uh, where are you siding? Yeah I actually completely agree with Noel I think 7-1 to one is quite big I think again as Noel said you can under you can you can make excuses for his last two runs and actually at Sandown as well you can as well uh, with 7 or 8 furlongs out he, he got snatched up and he lost his position he came home to be a very respectable fourth that day as well um, all all depends on ground naturally Dean but I think uh, Moore is definitely not one for all the reasons Noel said and more he has a he's every chance in this thing well, I'm a, a cracksman devotee, so I listen to Noel talking about how the horse should do the talking on the track, and and he should, and I hope he does it this weekend. Uh, two to one, it's not the uh, the you know the best price in the world. I grant you, it's a hot hot race, and we don't know what Aidan O'Brien will do with his various options. But cracksman for me, I think might just crown his season. As I tried to tease you all up to say that, we've we've hardly talked about Barney Roy or poets. Words, we should. Even, I think yeah, you know, Barney Barney Roy has been very much the poster boy for this event for some time. Um, yeah, Richard Hannan's trained him up to this. He's very consistent this season. I don't again, it applies to so many of these. He doesn't want the ground too soft. But, you know, 10 furlongs that looks within his compass on the basis of what he did in the Eclipse, pushing Ulysses all the way and what he did in the International. And I, I can't see any reason why, why he shouldn't run a huge race. I think he should be favourite, in truth. Um, I think the value play at the odds that they're at at the moment is Poet's Word. I thought that was a bona fide run in the Irish Champion Stakes. For all that the race fell apart a little bit yeah. the horse still on the upgrade he's not had a lot of racing and um, this strongly run strong really strongly run 10 which this ought to be ought to suit him down to the ground it's only missing really Ulysses isn't it for that proper end of season finale yeah. what, what's this all about why is Ulysses not here 
Is it just the ground? I mean, he's acted on it in the arc, and he's acted on it. I mean, it's it's a, it's an odd one, isn't it? It is. I know they want they want to go to Delmar for the Breeders' Cup, but they they were all over running in this a week ago. I wonder what's changed there. We don't know, obviously, is the, is the answer to that. Um, okay, well, I mean, that will be a, a fitting, uh, fantastic race for towards the end of Champions Day. It's not actually the last race on the card, and I don't know whether you guys have anything for the Balmoral Handicap. Currently, I think there's 40-plus still sitting in the lineup for it. It is headed by Zabil Prince, Roger Varen's horse, who was mighty impressive, uh, dotted up, really, at York last time. That will go off a short enough price favourite, around 100 to 30, Mark. Um, anyone have any fancies for the Handicap? I'll let you jump in. I, I'll have a tenor each way in order combat okay Dennis Coakley's horse Tom Queeley is booked to ride that Dermo did you pick anything out for the Balmoral I didn't really didn't know uh, I was waiting for declarations and just the only one that, that I'd have fallen on is the is the Great Pick Escape um, he'd handle any ground um, and he is in decent form but again it's one of those races that I tend to leave until the day of the event I think John Gosden might end uh, with with an, a winner if he hasn't had one already. He might end with one in that contest with the old boy GM Hopkins. Rab Havlin arrived. That yeah. Nick, did you like something? I wondered. I wondered whether this had been sorted out for Rab Havlin for his uh, for, to, to sort of cap his comeback. Yeah. Uh, it just interested that he was riding the horse. He's got quite a quite a good record on him as well. Although um, he only won on him once when he won a handicap at Sandown a few years ago. He's ridden him in in quite a few big races and and. That he's run quite respectably all the time he's ridden him I, I, he's not an easy ride he's not easy to win with he doesn't have a great strike rate but he is very talented and I just wonder with a little bit of um, his beloved Asuka thrown into the mix whether he, he might be able to pull it off yeah he might be able to soft there does it possibly it might, it might be he's got a pedigree that suggests he, what, he, he wants soft ground and there are bits and pieces of, of form I mean, he, ran at, he ran at Sandown last year in a uh, a listed race on softish ground and, and ran quite well. I mean, if it gets if it gets really soft, that that will probably play against him. But sometimes, as these old horses get a yeah, little bit older, yeah, they, 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 don't, they don't mind they don't mind a bit of cut. Yeah. Well, we're throwing a few darts around. Jim Hopkins, perhaps, or order combat for Noel uh, to get you out of trouble. But it's set for an absolutely superb day. Let's hope it doesn't rain too much in the in the uh, build up to. Uh, Champions Day at Ascot. Thanks very much, Nick, for joining us and taking us uh, through your fancies for the card. And to Noel and Demo, you are listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at Bet Bright. Do stay with us because we will be chatting about the jump season ahead after this break. Thanks very much. Isn't it time you got your hands on the award-winning Bet Finder app from Bet Bright? It's not like any other sports app you've ever experienced. Unlike your mates, BetFinder actually does know it all. Runners, riders, results and forms with key trends all at your fingertips. BetFinder puts the power in your hands to make informed choices and it's ready to go. Get stuck in with BetFinder from BetBright. BetFinder by BetBright bringing power to your fingertips. Download the app through the App Store and Google Play now. You're very welcome back to the race hour of course brought to you with our friends at bet bright joining me in the studio noel hayes and Durban nola are still here and on the line is uh, nick luck and 
We're going to talk a little bit about the jump season ahead. Of course, it is back underway. We have seen some of the bigger guns, uh, some of the winter horses already out and about on course. Uh, a couple that I might just throw open for comment. Uh, Finian's Oscar has made a, a start over fences. Uh, likes of Death Duty has also been out. Um, we've seen Petit Mouchoir just in the last couple of days as well, uh, making a chase debut. Uh, it's starting to get exciting, Nick, isn't it, to see some of these horses come back on the track? It is, yeah, and we're pushing toward the end of October now, so we should be seeing some of the, the better horses. And it's become a bit more fashionable the last few years for trainers like Colin Tizard and Nigel Twiston Davis to get better horses out a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, they still have only had four or five runs by the time they get around to the Cheltenham Festival, probably. So you can't exactly say they're having a hard time. And you're getting nice ground at this time of year as well. It's before it gets really soft, um, but there's, there's no sting in it, apart from at Worcester a couple of weeks ago. But, <laughs> there. You know what I mean? It's a good time of year to be to be running novice chases, I think. Yeah, and uh, you know it's good to see the likes of a Finian Os- Finian's Oscar and Death Duty out so early. I always get a little bit worried when we see them out this early that they will have you know prolonged breaks during the real meat of the season, and we won't get the races that we want to see. Then the road to Cheltenham can be a little bit frustrating in that way. Demo, have you uh, you enjoyed seeing a few of the, the the big guns out already? Yeah. Been fantastic, Dean. I actually really liked the performance from Finian's Oscar. He started a bit scratchy, but he got much better as he went along. Now, obviously, the Paul Nichols horse being um, falling during the race or slipping up during the race didn't uh, didn't do him any favours. As in, it would have been better for him to have another horse to go with for a bit longer. But I just think he's an absolute beast, Dean. Um, he fell asleep at the start of the race. Brian Cooper said afterwards, uh, but I thought he was very, very good. The same goes for. Petit Mishmore yesterday I thought he made a bit of an ugly shape at times over his fences but I still think he tanked along um, he, he's a very good horse but again you would struggle to see him do that in an arkel. Um but again it mightn't be the strongest division in the world either but it's been great to see them all so early Dean and Vision they flow my favourite horse uh, at the moment uh, I thought he covered himself in glory at the weekend at Chepstow as well in the in the Persian War on Sunday. Yeah, decent debut in a very hot race. Noel, so far so good with the ones we've seen. Uh, to be honest, Dean, the flat race is still going on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been more focused on the ferret race and then the twig hopping. Um, <laughs> I, I did, I did, I did think that Judy made a horrible shape over his fences in okay. February when he won. Um, that aside, uh, it's his first start over fences. I wouldn't be knocking him for it. Uh, and he's actually one of the horses I, th- I think is probably overpriced for one of the races at the festival because I, th- I think he's a JLT horse um, but would I be backing him? No, I just think that as I think I said the same in the Cheltenham preview last year he's not a three miler for me in my eyes um, he's an intermediate distance horse but anyhow more of that and on Okay, well, I thought I'd start with a kind of chat about last year's uh, Gold Cup and the way that the race eventually took shape. And, and Nick, I thought I'd start with you because you were very, very keen on Size and John making up into a Gold Cup horse. And I remember you on the Betbright previews actually putting the horse up for you know for success in the Gold Cup. And uh, by George pulled it off. And would he be where you'd start for a Gold Cup horse this year? I'm glad you started with this thing. That's tremendous. I, I, this, I can, I can, I'm going to dine out on Sizing John for time immemorial. I'll right? give you another opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, he's he's still bizarre though it sounds for a horse who's won three editions of a, of a Gold Cup, the Cheltenham Punchestown and, and Leopardstown version. 
uh, he's still relatively unexposed. He's a, he's a horse who had to try and outspeed Duvan for most of his career over two miles, and unsurprisingly he couldn't do that, but kept finishing second. He's so genuine, this horse. I just hope that last run hasn't knocked the edge off him or taken him into a zone that he doesn't particularly fancy going into again. If it hasn't, then he ought to be able to build on that and still you know, take, take really high order this season because he's a horse who... I think he races with with sort of economy of effort. He never seems to pull too hard. He he jumps efficiently without being too exuberant. You almost half don't notice him in the race until he gets there at, at the right place. He's equally effective left-handed, right-handed. Most ground comes alike to him. He's just a, a really good, straightforward horse. I'm not trying to damn him with faint praise. He's he's, he's exceptionally talented, but he's just a very com- he's a very complete athlete. He lacks that outrageous exuberance of of thistle crack. He he hasn't got the public fan club of uh, of cue card he hasn't got that brute power of a of a coney gree but he's a he's a very very complete racehorse and a very sound one too touchwood i wanted to ask you whether you thought if thistlecrack had made it there in you know all guns blazing would you still have been a sizing john fan for the gold cup last year well i would have tempered my confidence for sure yeah but- you know, it's the old if my aunt had balls she'd be my uncle thing, isn't it? I I <laughs> Thistle Crack, Crack was already it was already gone by the time Sizing John won the won the Irish Gold Cup. So, you know, I, I and the the point was you just knew that this was a horse who could improve massively for the trip rather than the trip be a doubt. That that was what was giving you the great price was the fact that people said he wouldn't get the trip. Yeah. Which has been a which has been a great a great boon to to backers of horses in the Gold Cup now for for years and years and years. Horses who are having their first or second go at three and a quarter miles, who you think might improve, but the market says will will regress. And um, it's a little bit of it, little a little bit like Best Mate when when he won his first Gold Cup when he beat Comanche Court. Everybody said the reason he was a decent price. I think he was he was a big price for that Gold Cup, wasn't he? Six or seven to one. Yeah. Um, For his first Gold Cup. First one, yeah, sevens, I think. Yeah, more of a attrition fit the same ticked all those boxes he did yeah he, he was he was a young horse um, going places and people said he wouldn't stay which is why he was 7-1 to one, kicking king everybody said he wouldn't stay when he beat take the stand on fast ground so yeah I, that, that was the that was the angle but um, clearly a, a, a peak form pistol crack peak form Coney Gree give him a bit more to think about yeah we do I mean I'll, I'll go to Noel actually on this with, with the gold cup shaping up very very early days at this point it might include uh, the likes of the hugely exuberant and, and much vaunted thistle crack if he's back and uh, the likes of york hills in there and another monkey in might bite i mean we could be set for a golden gold cup and i think we say this at the start of every season uh we might say it but it's never been as true as it is, as it is this year okay. i think the gold cup division this year staying chasing division this year is so exciting um sizing john uh our duke might bite on and on native river like it's just we could we could probably list 10 horses here before we even get into you know the discos the york hills and um, cloudy dreams those sort of horses um for me um york hill is my gold cup horse this year but listen no one willie mullins he's going to lose his mind and run him in a stairs hurdle or something um because i've never <laughs> any, i've never any, known any such a good trainer to campaign gold cup horses or staying staying chaser so poorly in my life um he tries to make two and a half milers into gold cup horses and finally when he has a gold cup horse in york hill he wants to make a bloody champion hurdler out of him oh. 
I don't know. I, I just my blood pressure is rising, so I'll leave it there. But <laughs> demo, demo, step in and save Noel before he says something he regrets about the, the, the master. Do you regret anything ever, Dean? So <laughs> no, no, fair it's enough. It's all fine. Um, the uh, I think. Do you not think York Hill is just that bit too much of a mad bastard for a Gold Cup trip? I think he is the perfect horse for a Gold Cup. I think. Where would you, you campaign him before? I, it, do, it doesn't matter where you campaign him. You, <laughs> you just, want, you just right? said Willie won't get it right, so maybe you can give him a. So you know, I, I a think line. for me, like like York Hill is a quirky horse, but for all his quirks, he is so talented. He is scarily talented. Like, could he win a champion hurdle? Absolutely. Um, and there's not many horses you can genuinely say could win a champion hurdle or a Gold Cup. But for me, I think he's actually. I think he's perfect for the Gold Cup I think you hunt him around three quarters way back and um, coming down the hill you say come on now boss we'll go and we'll win a race you keep him up the inside and I, you know he's, he's he'll stay every inch of it he's um, like just uh, for me everything about him he's a Gold Cup horse uh, what was the synchronised you know that got I, I know, who didn't have an ounce of the class of, of York Hill no Welsh uh, national winner moving but, up to but, the big but you know it was hunted, ar- hunted around is not the correct term it was kept in touch out the back and a lot happens in the last you know half mile in the Gold Lord Cup and I think for York Hill for me I think you'd be able to ride him so quietly um you know, he, w- he wouldn't even know he was in a race. There's so many forward-going horses in the race between Arduke and Native River. Um, I think York Hill, you could just hunt him around and half a mile from home, you could wake him up and yeah. I think he'd destroy him. There are question marks, yeah, Nick, over, over, North Hill, aren't, uh, over York Hill, aren't there? Not, I mean, where not, where not, do you not think? Not really, no. You don't really. think so? There are question marks about him. He's just a very, very good horse. I, for whatever reason, I, 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 do we get this on the flat quite as much? People get very preoccupied with with trying to be equine psycho- psychologists <laughs> when, it, when it comes to jumping, particularly when it comes to them running at Cheltenham because it's perceived that they need these qualities that people are trying to impose upon them that they they're thought not to have of, of incredible um, sort of dogged courage. Well, yes, that, that that may be the case, but you just look at look at look at the horse's record. You know, he's run only a handful of times. I think eleven times, and he's won all but two of his uh, of his of his starts. And one of those defeats was arguably, on figures, a, a career best effort. Um, you know, even though he showed a few idiosyncrasies in the in the process. But he, one thing you know is he's a very difficult horse to beat over over a distance of ground. He may be even better. That's the point. Um, he's from a family that suggests he should be better really really strong um, jumps pedigree full of three mile chasers full of real staying three mile chasers like uh, Distant Thunder and The Listener Fort Lightning lots lot of Cheltenham winners in there just a strong strong staying pedigree and this is a horse with form on all types of ground and I, I can't believe that he won't make up into a Gold Cup contender it's the obvious race for him I can't see where else where else would you run him well, given his, given his relatives, Nick, do you think we could get Andrew Thornton in to ride him? <laughs> he seemed to have ride, ridden most one, of the family over fences. <laughs> one, one, thing you can, one thing you can guarantee is that he'll probably still be riding long after your kill's finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go for 3,000. Exactly. Well, Teddy. Yeah, 1,100 yeah, might take even a little bit longer. It might be Nick, yeah. Two uh, years. You already called him a mad bastard demo. Is he the most intriguing horse in that gold cup field? Is it? He is. I mean, I meant that in the most endearing possible no, way. I, I mean, there's, there's something so lovable about horses that have their own idea of things. 
my bite being another, uh, I think he's an absolute uh, certainty for the King George Dean. I think just the, the performance he, he was putting up in the novice chase last year that a uh, teeter guide eventually won, but the performance he was putting up was frightening. Um, I think Mike Bite will absolutely love Kenton and again going to Cheltenham was he did that after the last fence it wouldn't put me off I don't think he'd do it again this year I just think it was one of those things that happens but everyone keeps talking about our Duke and I get it he won an Irish Grand National that was an awful Irish Grand National that he won um, he was he destroyed him so of course that becomes a separate argument but I just think it was a very poor race and I think if you fancy him at those at those odds then I think you'd have to fancy Disco as well 33 to 1 um, he's not far at all behind him on that run at Leopardstown over 3 miles he beat him then the following time albeit over 2 mile 4 so our Duke wouldn't have enjoyed that but Disco finished the season just as well in my opinion and at 33 to 1 I think he's a whopping price um, if if you if you are one of these people that fancies our Duke our Duke was Denman-esque in the Irish Grand National he was he was front rank he was pushing he was pushing every inch of it no horse that tried to go with, with our Duke was you know they fell out the back of the telly anything that tried to go with him um, he has got a scarily big engine he's a phenomenal horse and for me um, he's a proper proper Gold Cup horse he was perfectly yeah, minded not as well last year wasn't he fancy discos as well he was perfectly minded last year as well wasn't he skipping some of the bigger tussles and, and taking in what you know an Irish Grand National t- still takes a bit of winning but he was able to do it he he will grow out of recognition possibly off the back it's of a very clever campaign. plan I mean yeah we could see that happening more and more now where novice chasers that probably aren't as rated as highly as they probably are could end up running in the Irish Grand National more often now um, but look he was brilliant in the race as I say form becomes irrelevant when you see a performance like that but there's not a whole pile I don't believe between him and Disco just one, one thing on our Duke uh, I think uh, Jessica Harrington a lot was made last year of how good a season she had and it yeah. was obviously fantastic what a shout to not even enter our Duke in Cheltenham and have the vision from such a way out that he was an Irish Grand National horse, and not only to have that vision vindicated, but to have it vindicated in the style in which in which he did, I, I think it's a it doesn't get enough of recognition just how how good a bit of placing it was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. And yeah, she's set for big things this year as well. And it, as Noel alluded to there, uh, you know, I think we we always say at the start of every year, or we seem to, that this could be the golden generation of Gold Cup horses. Then perhaps uh, this time it really will be, and let's let's hope that's the case. I think the next question really that is for oh discussion would be um, the Duvan Altior discussion we're going back in distance now Altior uh, a hugely hugely impressive horse for Nicky Henderson and Duvan will, will perhaps have a bit to prove this season albeit coming back off an injury and hopefully comes back as good as you know, he ever was um, where would we side with this Noel I'm going to give it to you Duvan and Altior will they meet first of all because it will be a scary proposition for both sides of that contest if I owned Altior, I wouldn't be afraid of anything in this life. Yeah, uh, he is uh, an absolute beast. Um, Duvan is mentioned in the same breath on reputation alone. Um, for me, I I not suggesting as such, but um, six to four Altior for the Champion Chase. Yeah, probably the most mispriced horse in the anti-post lists in my view what price do you make him though uh, I would I put you this way would I lay him to you at 6 to 4 no would I lay him to you at evens no would I lay him to you at 4 to 6 no I'd probably lay him to you at 1 to 2 ok um, like what's going to beat him Duvan yeah ok but like one horse is coming back from an injury I know it's a big ask like just from a purely pricing perspective yeah uh, this is arse over tit 
I mean, it's not it's not non runner no bed and all so on and so forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if, if someone wants to give me, I don't know, he's six to four uh, anti post, I I I take six to five non runner no bet there. I'll I'll fill the tank. Just keep going. <laughs> just just load it up. Nick uh, Duvan and Altior, if they were the race uh, peak of their powers. Yeah, I'm not sure. I agree. I, I think I think you could argue that that Duvan's a slightly um, higher achiever so far um, just on, on the balance of this form I know he's got to come back from the injury he does but this is the horse we were teeing up as completely unbeatable now I'm a, I'm a big fan of Altior but to me he wants to go a bit further I think he wants to go a bit further it's interesting actually if you didn't have all these confirmed out and out stairs in the in, the, in that staying chase department the horses yeah. we've, already, we've already mentioned some of whom have stepped up from, from shorter trips but you know the might bite this or crack Coney Gree, our Duke, Sizing John. Then you could you could make a pretty strong case that in in the old days a horse like Alfior would have would have gone up in trip. Yes. I, I think the way he sort of half came off the bridle as he as he turned for home in the uh, in the Arkle and then and then was never stronger than at the finish made me think that he whilst he's got the speed easily to cope with two miles he could probably go a fair bit further as well. The point is uh, the the mat the, the matchup isn't entirely. Um, not everything's a theoretical possibility, but when when's it going to happen? Do we think it's really going to happen in the Tingle Creek? No, I don't think so. Part, 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 past form suggests that that's not a route that, that Willie Mullins is likely on the to take. Especially with a horse going back from injury. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is I completely disagree with Nick's assessment of Altio there, uh, and I feel I feel like a bit of a fool uh, disagreeing with somebody uh, uh, as knowledgeable as Nick on horse racing. But I, I, hang on a minute, though. I've got a hell of a lot wrong, a hell of a lot of times. <laughs> I, 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 he's classy enough for two miles. I think Dubán is maybe a slightly slicker two miler than than Altior is, but that's that's just. A... I, I guess really, really my view is that I, I always view the best two milers as the ones that look like they want more, but in truth they're just. Uh, that little that little glimpse of thinking they won further is them just getting towards top gear and powering away. I mean, I go back to Altior's performance over hurdles uh, a couple of times, looking like he, he you know is he's vulnerable, uh, but God, he goes through the gear. Then the afterburners kick in. That's don't it. That's them. exactly that's the afterburners is the correct term. Yeah. Um, I I'd hate to see him stepped up and trip. I think he he is what he is, and I think what he is is exceptional. They're both exceptional, Dermot. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think Great Field will actually set us up lovely for Althior. Uh, Great Field is a very, very good horse who is maybe just off the top two, but he's still devastatingly good last year. He will more than likely go for this division this it's year. For, give him a lead to the second last. Like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> yes. That's what I mean. He will. Yes. He'll set it up lovely for Althior um, because Althior, I think, does want a true run two-mile race. But again, look at the supreme Althior 1D. I mean, you know, you've the champion hurdler in third I know Min got injured but Min looked very very good he beat hammered ordinary world who went on to finish third in that very same article last year um, I think it is between the two if they both line up in this division um, but I really really struggle to see Altior beaten and I think great field if he does run will be a big aid just, just, as well. just a shout on Altior Altior beat Cloudy Dream in the um, in the article obviously yeah um, Cloudy Dream uh Chap called Stephen Cass, I'm sure many on Twitter will be familiar with. Is uh, uh, he's a he has some well considered opinions on horse racing. He wrote an interesting blog earlier in the week highlighting Cloudy Dream as a Gold Cup poke. He's he's fifties plus on the machine. I think he makes a very good case for him. For me, he he ticks the same boxes as a kind of a war of attrition type, type yep. Gold Cup winner. Um, 
just there's there's worse I think to have a look at and it's well worth searching out that blog and having a read of it okay that is a um, well, it's, it's another fascinating division but really spearheaded by those two horses and we'll see you know hopefully they meet hopefully they meet more than once and we get uh, the time to to assess them both against each other because they're two fantastic animals to have around um, a quick word in the champion hurdle before I do ask you all to give something uh, to follow for the for the jump season ahead the champion hurdle of course won last year by Bouvardet I think the first champion hurdle not to include a previous Cheltenham Festival winner so perhaps that division is um, is weaker and then it has been in the past I think that's pretty clear could we see Faheen back will will the likes of a, maybe even a Duvan or a York Hill turn up in here they are quoted and that shows you the nature of perhaps the division isn't that strong no um, terrible champion hurdle last year yeah. um, none of them been mapped this year I really hope again this you're playing Willie Mullins lottery here bingo for me Mellon is a real champion hurdle horse um, I think he went to he went to Cheltenham Festival last year so inexperienced I think inexperienced and a very good horse was the only thing to beat him I think at Mellon three runs under his belt going to the festival last year he'd have won the champion hurdle or he'd have won the, the supreme novice hurdle yeah. uh, I think uh, he's overpriced at 20 to 1 people are talking about the Arkle and perhaps he does go for the Arkle uh, but for me Mellon is a horse that of great interest to me for, for the champion hurdle and I think 20 to 1 is a, is a hell of a price in a division where I don't see any of last year's horses coming back uh, and being you know worthy of, of uh, supremacy in, in that division I know I struggle to see Bouvard there beaten this year to be honest uh, I think there's an awful lot of improvement in him after the year he had with a line through my 10 to yours in second he beat him as quick and as far as um, a solid line as any power did it's a very very solid line of form um, he's done everything very well last year considering the fact that he had a botched chase campaign it's scary to think as well that he could easily be a much better horse um, he was given an unsatisfactory ride in the Supreme I don't think he would have beaten Altior obviously but as Noel Feely said afterwards uh the following year he thinks he should have finished second um, even a line through that through Altior Uber there has very very strong form last year yes it was the first in over 100 years where there wasn't a previous Cheltenham Festival winner in the champion hurdle but Uber there did it in devastating fashion travelled the whole way through like a champion hurdle horse uh, jumped uh, just did everything brilliant and a line through the second might enter yours I just think uh, I struggle to see my uh, Uber there out of the first three this year anyway and I think Dean he'll, he'll go on to win the division again uh, Nick, what do you make of uh, Boo Dead? Does he not get the credit he deserves because perhaps it did look like the champion hurdle fell apart last year and he went and won it? Yeah, he probably didn't get the credit he deserved because at this time last year nobody was talking about Boo Dead as the champion hurdle horse. He yeah. ended up having two runs over fences, which he won both of, before reverting back to hurdles and winning an egg and spoon race at Sandown and the rest is history. So he didn't have a particularly sexy profile going into the race. Um, and he hadn't won at Cheltenham the year before even though he'd run really well and finished third let's face it he did finish third behind a horse called Altior and a horse called Min so it probably wasn't a bad effort decent race sick either of them in the champion hurdle and they'd be and they'd, and they'd be short price favourites so uh, I, I I thought he was a perfectly worthy winner if, if relatively unspectacular and he went and proved that he, he was leader of his division or leader of last year's division at Aintree. I think a lot of this revolves around what happens with some of the other horses at Seven Barrows because we know what a good trainer of two-mile hurdlers Nicky Henderson is. Yeah. And he hasn't just got this horse. He's also got a couple of last year's four-year-olds that he, he, he will think are capable of much better, Devan Bear being one of them and, and Charlie Parks being the other. Now, 
you know, don't fall off your seat. Charlie Parks hasn't achieved anything yet. But the trainer keeps talking about him as the second coming. And it's a very un-Henderson-like um, uh, bit, of, bit of PR, that. He, he very rare, rarely shouts up horses of, of any description, let alone ones that haven't really put together on the race course what they're showing at home. So I, I, I remain interested in him as a, as a horse of significant potential. Um, don't forget, J.P. McManus also has Deppy Desoy. Presumably, he's going to go down the champion hurdle route at, 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 to begin with. Uh, it'd be interesting. I think I think that ownership is, 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 to all intents and purposes, key to how that champion hurdle market shakes uh, shakes down. Um, notwithstanding um, what what happens to Fahim. Exactly, and we don't know he's whether. Like day, isn't he? Well, so they say. Let's hope so. Um, if he was back and in tip-top condition, is there a hurdler we've seen since his departure that, could, that could beat him? What, what was his injury again? Suspensory, was it? No, I, I'd say one in four horses down at Willie's do a suspensory on that gallop, so it's not it's not that serious. I also think he's been kept on the go all winter. He came in last. All came summer, in, yeah. He came in after his summer break of 2016, fat as a fool, and you know he's carrying a lot of weight, uh, which can. Uh, can exasperate uh, in training injuries um, whereas this year they've kept him on the go all summer I believe to you know keep him uh, keep his weight down so he should be going into the Morgiana on a clear run reasonably fit and I think we'll learn a lot about it that day but for me um, when you're that long gone good and all as you were you got to come back and you got to prove it uh, I'd love to see it happen but I need to see it to believe it Question marks, question marks about Forheen, of course, and hopefully they do get answered on Morgiana Day, and we look forward to seeing them back on the race course. Now, let's let's have a, just a general thought about horses to follow for the season that perhaps aren't part of those big, big race pitches that we've just discussed. Noel, I'm going to stick with you because I've got a feeling you might have a few for us, and uh, we might remember them some of them from last year, Noel, will we? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going, to, I'm going to do my five to follow this year. I think my five to follow last year... Um, Two of them never made the track and one of them was a write-off. So I'm going to use three of them. I'm going to use three of my last year's five to follow for this year. <laughs> Homework uh, done. Homework is done. Um, my first of five to follow is a horse of Gordon Elliott's uh, that won his bumper in Fairy House, uh, beating some neck. And he's a horse called Miracle in Medina. And I thought he was incredibly impressive today. He won his bumper. I don't think he was half wound up. And I got the sense that they surprised him. Well, it's been a nice horse at home. Uh, he was a different animal on, uh, on the track. Um, he never made the track last season. Gordon Elliott's stable tour last week in the Racing Post said he's back in and he's a couple of weeks away from a run and they're pleasing him, so on and so forth. So keep an eye on him. Next one is an ex-Willie Mullins Gigginson horse that moved to uh, uh, Gordon Elliott and that is a horse called Lucky Pass who again didn't make the track last year having won two bumpers. Um, won a really good fairy house bumper in devastating fashion i think this is a really good horse we may not see the best of him this year he may be a staying chaser in time but i know he's number two number three uh finished second to lucky pass in that bumper and that's a mare called avelino owned by the conways uh last year was a complete write-off where i believe the conways decided they wanted to train their own horses um under the name of maria reichardt or whatever um, this Avelino is an absolute machine of a filly. Um, I think she's exceptional. I put her up last year for the Mare's Novice Hurdle. I'm doing it again this year. She ran twice over hurdles last year. But 
back in the care of Dermot McLaughlin so they now realise that their skills are in writing checks and not training horses um, <laughs> so she's a filly I'm really excited about and I've done some inquiring about her and I believe that she'll be out in the next and uh, next month say in the next number of weeks number four is one I've mentioned already is Mellon I just think he's so overpriced at 21 for the champion hurdle uh, I just hope Willie goes that route with him and number five uh, I put up last year for the Ryanair I think and he didn't make uh, he didn't make uh, the festival but he actually happens to run today and that's a horse called Zabana and I think he is a horse that has one a workable handicap mark of 153 for one of those bigger premier uh, handicap chases something like a Paddy Power Gold Cup perhaps or whatever it's called now Ryanair or What's the Victor? So I'd like to see him run a nice race today as a prep race for for that ra- for for that um, Bet Victor Gold Cup. Uh, but I think he's a horse of great interest. Remember, I think he whipped around at the start in 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 uh, the JLT a couple of years ago under David Russell and got unseated or something or some nonsense like that. Yeah. He did yeah. Um, but he's a horse of considerable talent. He obviously isn't straightforward and has some training issues. So there you go. I've just put up five horses, three with confirmed training issues one with confirmed trainer issues and another with uh, race planning issues so uh, if nothing i like a challenge <laughs> nick i was going to ask you i think charlie parks might be on your list there's a horse with uh, issues as well so should we continue the trend or do you have something a little bit darker oh he's, he's there but i mean he i've got a few that are a little bit darker one of them is uh, a horse called better mesh who's only had two runs. He had a run for Nicky Richards, he bolted up. He had a run for Dan Skelton, he bolted up. But the, the significance of the form of the race he won for Dan Skelton, now, you have to go back to April 2016, so we're 18 months since then, but it was on soft ground at Weatherby, and he beat Sam Spinner, who's made up into a useful horse, and Cooper Hill, who's made it up, made up into a listed winner and won the uh, Sydney Banks at Huntington last year, which is a, a, a pretty good race, and ran at Cheltenham. So he's beaten two horses in the high 130s, low 140s, and he's beaten them on the bridle hard held. Now, he's been off since, but Dan Skelton's got him back, and if he can get him back, then he is going to be a very, very exciting prospect because he showed monstrous ability. You know, the the, the path to poverty is, is littered with tales of really impressive bumper winners who've gone on and done nothing. But sure. The form extremely extremely solid and if he can jump a hurdle he's in the right hand he's uh, son of cap guard i think he will run well so that's a horse called better mesh i mentioned um charlie parks already there's a horse trained by uh, harry fry who runs this afternoon called secret door um who <laughs> i think is going to take high rank amongst mares this season i uh, she's she's probably not one of simon Muneer's most um most prominent lights but she, she did very well last year, winning a, a big prize at Haydock at the back end. And I just think she's extremely well handicapped still. And when she goes over fences, she could mop up in those mayors and obvious chases. You know, if you need to just want a horse, she's just going to win plenty of races. So I, I do think she's good. I just don't think they found the right, um, the right conditions for her yet. I think she wants a trip, and I think she wants soft ground. And when she gets those, she'll be considerably better than, than her mark. I suspect it's going to be another um, pretty good season for, for Ben Pauling. Um, and there's a, a horse of his that I think it is potentially quite interesting who hasn't really shown much yet called Bally Gilbert now this is a horse that runs in the old um, old Anita colours so you'll get a touch of nostalgia whenever you see him running um, and he runs in a partnership of that syndicate as well I saw him in a, a novice hurdle at Cheltenham last year where he was massively out of his depth but he looked the part beforehand in the, in the paddock and I could see why they were having a stab 
in the end he, he got he got thrashed and he got thrashed again at, at Hereford and at, at Market Raisin but he as such is I think really potentially quite well handicapped and I, I, I would be surprised if he couldn't defy his opening mark in the weeks to come so that's a, a horse called Bally Gilbert so there's there's three off the bat straight away and they, they, they should keep you going for a for a little while certainly will Del, they, might, would they you, might get us Del? 3.30 this afternoon it'd be good enough Nick <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> uh, Dermo would you uh, will you fire in some, uh, yeah, some yeah, interesting runners for us absolutely no surprise to see my first one on the list Dean is, uh, is Vision Day Flow a horse I know Tyner was mad about last year won the Land Rover bumper I punched down quite well former that hard to read at the moment but he came out last Sunday in what was has to be described as absolutely crazy placing put him into the uh, the Persian war but he ran a very good race in third um, I think the sky is the limit for this horse and I'd love to see him over a fast run two miles I think Tizard has a really really good horse there on his hands the second one is a Malcolm Jefferson horse called Waiting Patiently um, this horse ran into a few problems last year but just simply looking through his form he jumps really well he beat Forrest Behan at Newcastle then on his second run at Haydock um, he beat It's a Freebie and Politologue and beat them comfortably. He ran into a slight issue, so I'm following on the uh, the injury line we have here on the podcast. Um, but it was a small chip, and uh, Malcolm Jefferson said he'd be back very, very well this season. He could have a decent mark, Dean. Um, he's a very good horse, and I think he's another one who could be going to the very well at the top. Another horse that's not very dark is Willoughby Court. Um, I think this horse has RSA written all over him. I thought he was brilliant last season when beating Neon Wolf. Um, obviously the ill-fated Neon Wolf, but Ben Pauling shared a video on Twitter of, of Willoughby Court schooling. He looked an absolute natural. Um, this horse showed all his staying credentials, and he'd be one of my anti-post picks at the moment. I'd be I'd be quite keen on this horse for the RSA. Um, then to dip into handicap hurdlers, there's a horse called River Frost for Alan King. Um, I took him down after the Coral Cup last year. He was ninth in it. I think that's a very strong race. And this horse came out at Chepstow last weekend. And how would you describe it? He's a JP horse, so he was given a, a fairly sympathetic ride, but he still ran on very well for, uh, for fourth or fifth. But I thought he was very, very good. And um, he is potentially could land one of those, those proper hurdles this year, Dean. Um, and then last of all is a bumper horse that I fell in love with last year, a Turles. It's um, As You Were for Emmett Mullins. Uh, one absolutely as he wanted by about 23 lengths and just absolutely brilliant he was uh, he was 8-1 in the day was not all that much fancy but Emmett Mullins could have a really good one on his hands and if you keep going through the horse in second the horse in second finished second to another horse that wasn't all that far behind Fiona now I know that's that's going deep trying to prove a point but as you are absolutely blitzed him that day at Turles and he mightn't reach the levels of, uh, of a champion hurdle or a, a supreme but at his own level, I think he'd be very, very smart. Food for thought there as well then from uh, Dem. Some really nice horses actually put up by the lads so far. I mean, I, my my project is on again this year and uh, they normally fail, but um, Old Guard was one of my projects for last year actually to land the Coral Cup. Finished seventh and I think the run at the weekend kind of teased me into thinking they might just get it right this time round. Bryony Frost was aboard at Chep. So now rated 149. I think that one will win a nice handicap during the season for Paul Nichols, just below the very top grade. A horse people seem to have forgotten about perhaps after getting injured last year in a, a bumper and finishing lane at Goran Park was Getterbird. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that one jump hurdles this year, provided comes back uh, fit and sound for, for Willie Mullins and connections, of course. And Getterbird, around 25 to 1 for the Supreme. 
uh, looks an interesting horse for me for the season. And uh, Ben Pauling, as Nick Luck mentioned, with uh, Bally Gilbert. And uh, no, uh, Dermo's already stolen Willoughby Court from me. I'm really looking forward to that. Horses seem to get a little bit forgotten about in the early season salvos when they've beaten such a big name like Neon's Wolf at a festival when everyone just harkers on about the loss of Neon Wolf, which is a big loss. And at the time when Neon Wolf was beaten, I think the talk was about that horse and not the winner. Yeah, it's a very smart horse. It's a very smart thing. horse. Um, and Barter's Hill, I'm hoping, is back for Ben Paul oh, yeah. this year and will be one of my, uh, certainly probably the horse I'm most looking forward to seeing uh, getting act together over fences, all being well. Um, I have to thank the guests. Uh, Nick Luck, thank you very much for joining us on the Race Hour podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, been a pleasure to have your company. Really enjoyed chatting to you about Champions Day and, of course, the jump season ahead. Uh, Noel Hayes, thanks for coming back on. You're welcome. No problem at all. And we'll look forward to following your horses as well throughout the season. And uh, and Dermot Nolan, of course, uh, the Race Hour man. Good to have you here, sir. I'll see you next week, Dean. Thanks very much, everybody. The Race Hour brought to you with our friends at Bright. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Tune in again next week. <laughs>